0: The NFL action is in full swing here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings' stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. With payouts bigger than ever, why bet on football anywhere else? To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day, all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code ICTPOD to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code ICTPOD only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See our show notes for details. You ready? Showtime.
1: You're as cold as ice, you're willing to sacrifice our love.
0: Hello everyone, welcome to the Ice Cold Takes podcast. I'm your host Joey Demeglio, and this week Drew Way is back to talk about the Nils Longquist trade that happened on Monday as well as the start of training camp and then we'll talk about analytics which I love to do whenever Drew is on.
1: Uh, welcome back to the show Drew, uh, how are you? This is weird. I thought you were bringing me on to talk about how much better Aaron Judge is than uh, Pete Alonzo. But um, <laughs> I guess we can talk about the Rangers if you want. <laughs> we can talk about that after.
0: <laughs> I was I was going to say, like, people, people, I keep seeing, hearing that conversation. Oh, Otani for MVP? Nah, man, it's Judge. Judge I, for MVP. You're a Mets
1: fan, right? Or am I getting I, that wrong? I am a Mets fan, yeah, yes. Okay, cool. That's unfortunate for you. Uh, good year so far. <laughs> now nah, they're fun they're fun but yeah yeah cool I'm, I'm down to take this wherever you want so let's get to it
0: yeah so i mean on uh monday you know nils lundquist gets traded to the dallas stars for a conditional first rounder in 2023 and a conditional fourth rounder in 2025 obviously if you kept up with the the news he was wanting out because he didn't see a way to establish himself on this rangers uh, lineup he's uh on uh, behind the likes of Adam Fox, DeAndre Miller, and Jacob Truba, all those guys probably gonna get power play time. Don't know about Miller. We know Fox is getting PP one time, but Lundquist was to me, I talked to you about this Drew, that you know Lundquist to me, his biggest skill was, you know, he's a quarterbacking power play defenseman. And we already have that in, in Adam Fox. So to me I think this is a good trade for Chris Drury. Uh, I thought he got a lot enough back for him especially considering he was, what, 27th, 28th
1: overall pick in 2018? Yeah, um, I would say that uh, considering the circumstances, Drury did nicely, but Drury was also part of the reason why the circumstances were what they were. Um, So all things considered, I I thought it was a good job by Drury, but a couple of things I bring up. One, Lundquist's probably best skill is his transitional game, which this team could use um so i would push back a little bit uh, like like yes he, he's very good uh, he's a good power play quarterback but he's been miscast i've seen a lot of people be like oh he's just some offensive defenseman he's not he's actually considerably considerably better at defense than zach jones
0: two way he's two way he's, yeah, he's,
1: he's a two-way player who's excellent in transition who also has a very, very good shot from the outside, hence why he was always going a lot of power play time in Sweden. Just two years ago, he won the award for the best Swedish-born defenseman playing in the SHL. So two seasons ago, as was a 21-year-old, he was breaking SHL records. He was easily considered one of the best defensive prospects in the entire NHL. And then things went sour. And so I would say this isn't quite like the Kratzoff situation like the Kratzoff situation honestly like that was probably just as much if not more the Rangers fault than Kratzoff's. and uh, I'm not going to relitigate that but just at the very least it was 50-50 in terms of where the blame lies for how that situation went with Lea's Anderson probably more of the Rangers fault than anything given everything we've learned since then and all the shit that Lea's had to put up with um with Lundqvist yes it was a bit more of him taking his ball and going home than the Rangers necessarily doing anything to him in particular. But at the same time, a couple of things like one, like he is absolutely NHL ready. He can play in the NHL right now and make an impact. And obviously the Dallas stars think that hence why they gave up the package they did for him. But two, he was correct in his assumption that he did not have an immediate path to the NHL. And the Rangers made that clear to him Obviously, on the right side, you got Fox and you got Truba. Those are the no-brainers. They're starting. And then last year, you know, Braden Schneider. I- I'll still, you know, willing to argue whether or not who is the better overall player, Schneider or Lundqvist, especially in terms of ceiling. But the Rangers made it known that Schneider is the player that better suits what they're looking for right now, and made it known to Lundqvist that you're, you know it's pretty unlikely that you're going to win the spot over Schneider. And so the option was either. Play on your offhand and beat Zach Jones, who's also a very good player, or you're playing in Hartford. And so at that point, his agent, Claude Lemieux, who is known for being a dickhead and who has a son who's a massive dickhead, (laughs) um, decided to kind of take this route. I should be very clear. Like, I've spoken to a couple people about this, and there's a few things here. Like, one, Claude Lemieux is the one most behind the trade demand in deciding to take this tactic. This was not Nils Lundqvist deciding, this is the route I think we should go. This was Claude Lemieux saying, this is the route I think we should go for your best interest. He might be right. I mean, sucks for the Rangers, sucks for Ranger fans, given the position you put Drury and the team in. But this was just as much Claude Lemieux doing as it was Nils Lundqvist doing in terms of the way this played out. Um, And just like, you know, All all things considered, it just, it, this is one of those situations that kind of just sucks for all parties. Like, Nils Longquist, he was fine last year. Anyone that says that Schneider clearly proved that he's better than him last year doesn't know their ass from their elbows. Like, you look at the analytics or the tape, both were. Fine relative to their age. Schneider had a couple more moments that popped on the screen, exactly. and like I, 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 posted this the other day on Twitter, and people like argue me. I had some dickhead like, "Oh, you don't watch the games," and I'm, and, and then he called them unnoticeable. I'm like, if you're describing a 21 year old defenseman playing the third pair anchored to Patrick Nemeth as unnoticeable, that's a compliment. Like clearly you right. don't know what you're, you, you clearly don't know how to analyze defensemen, especially young defensemen in the NHL playing in a system like Gerard Garland's. If your main method of analysis is how many times are you popping off the screen? And like, yes, Schneider had a couple of really nice plays that we all remember. He also had a couple way more terrible plays. I would say than Lundqvist did. I think he had a higher variance game despite his reputation for being a more steady player point is, schneider did well enough to prove himself i thought lundquist did well enough to prove that he's an nhl player Um, i've been told by literally a scout with the rangers that they view internally lundquist as the higher ceiling player than schneider but schneider brings the style of game they want more on the right side given the fact that adam fox and truba are there and there's this misconception that truba is some stay-at-home defensive defenseman Bullshit. Anyone that thinks that Jacob Truba is a defensive defenseman, again, has no idea what they're watching or how to analyze hockey. Jacob Truba is more offense than defense. There's a reason why he's been on the power play, too. There's a reason why he's put up some of the counting stats that he has over his career. And there's a reason why he was at his best in Winnipeg when he was paired with a true defensive defenseman. Um, so you have Fox, who is obviously Adam Fox. Truba, who's more offense than defense, but he just hits hard. So everyone just assumes that means he's defensive. So they wanted a actual defensive defenseman as that third right-hand player, and that is Schneider. And Schneider deserves tons of props. He's done great. He's proven me wrong when I threw a temper tantrum when we traded up to draft him. Uh, and it's just that the byproduct was that Lundqvist rightfully understood there was no p- space for him on this roster. And then his camp decided to – Take their ball and go home. Uh, I like I like that you brought up the 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 fact like,
0: you know the the Rangers mishandled the Lee Anderson situation because I do think that happened, and then the Kravsov situation. If you're a fan and you're seeing oh this is another Rangers draft pick or another European or whatever non American whatever whatever you're thinking that is off the team shortly after they're drafted, like three four years after they're drafted, I mean. In this case, Nils Lundquist has, has a has a, a justified reason. He's too good to be a third pair defenseman, I think. Yeah. And and when you compare when you compare Schneider and, and Lunquist, uh, Schneider made the the bigger impact, but Lunquist wasn't bad.
1: I didn't have I a would- problem with Lundqvist. I would say Schneider made the bigger impact in both directions. He had games where he was yeah. truly abhorrent, way worse than Lunquist ever was. But then he had games where his ceiling was way better than Lunquist ever was. And so that's kind of what I meant before. He, he was more that uh, he was the higher variance player. He made the bigger impact, both positively and negatively, where Lunquist was clearly kind of just trying to fit in and, you know, not mess up and, and it's mm-hmm. kind of reminiscent of what we've seen from caco and lafreniere early on where it's clear the coaching was done in such a way where the players were almost afraid to play their game and in essence playing to not screw up as opposed to playing to try to win and uh to bring two things that i want to mention that you said that
0: the it's like the ebbs and the flows but for schneider's game score i saw i think it was you that posted <laughs> it or somebody on your thing on your thread posted it, his highs were really high, but his lows were really, really low. So there's that. And then Nils Lundqvist was more straight. like Yes, yes. Nils Lundqvist was
1: more steady Eddie. And and Schneider, and again, this isn't necessarily a knock on him. This is just he's a young player who's a physical player. And in being young, not used to the NHL speed, but used to trying to use your body and take, you know, make hits and stuff like that. There are a lot of instances where he was chasing the hit would miss the hit because he's not used to, Oh, NHL players are twice as fast as the WHL players I was just playing against. They'd go by him and then create a high quality scoring chance. And that would kind of kill his game score in that aspect. So that's sort of what was happening there. I did. Th- and I thought in the playoffs, especially against Tampa, Schneider was exposed pretty pretty badly. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm happy find, if, if you yeah. want to, yeah. If you want to argue with me that that's fine. But like, that's just kind of my like eye test take on that. Um, but again, like I, I don't want to make this sound like I'm criticizing Schneider. Cause I think Schneider's done great. Um, especially for how young he is. Like I've, I've been really impressed with him and I'm saying that as someone that was really critical of that pick, like he was really impressed me. It's just, he's how well he's done so early on. And the fact that, you know, again, I was literally told by a Ranger scout that's just the style that they feel they need more than Lundqvist right now. It just Lundqvist doesn't have a spot on this roster barring injury. It the same. I think when people say that
0: Schneider is better than Lundqvist, it's the same reason people say that Truba is a stand-up defenseman, defense a defensive <laughs> defenseman, meaning truba has meaning they don't know what they're talking about oh that and that that's yeah it's it's just like the the size the the size debate but um the reason is you know truba makes every now and then these huge ginormous body checks and that's what stands out that's what makes the impact but then like lost in all of that is you know off his offense he steps up so frequently
1: he pinches Like almost, he can't handle the puck at the blue line. Right. How many breakaways against?
0: And then, for in Schneider's case, you know, talk about in the median impact, everyone remembers first game, first goal. And, you know, he played in the playoffs down the stretch. That's a huge impact. That's what people remember. They don't remember
1: his lows. People don't remember remember his lows because some of his lows came against Tampa, but everyone remembers Trouba's lows against Tampa, but conveniently forgive Schneider for that. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, again, that's
0: what I noticed.
1: Yeah, no. And and again, I I don't want to be critical of Schneider because I think he's done great. And I I think he's got a bright future in this league. Um, I don't think he's really got top pairing potential unless you're talking like a Ryan Lindgren type where it's like, well, you're on the top pair because you're a very good skill set fit with your the true top pairing defenseman, but I think you know Schneider's had a long career as a very good second pair, reliable defensive guy who can strike a little bit of fear in the heart of the opponents if they're gonna you know go skating through the middle with their head down.
0: And for for Lundqvist, I don't see this as a, oh why didn't you just report to camp and and try harder or whatever. I I see this as like this is different. This is different because. You know, what are the chances that Nils Lundqvist becomes Adam Fox?
1: Very low. And, and I'll right. say this, though. Like, I understand the criticism of Lundqvist here more than the criticism of Kratzoff and Anderson in the past. For the most part, I found people who, like, really heavily criticized Kratsov and Anderson was, like, your Simpsons mean old white guy. Uh, get off my lawn yelling at the clouds. Whatever, you know. Um You know, I think it's fair to say, like, yes, Lundqvist decided, well, I'm not going to win this, so I'm taking my ball and going home. And so I I understand the criticism. I don't agree. And and again, like I said, it's. I shouldn't say I don't agree. Like, I I personally wouldn't criticize him because I get where he's coming from. And again, as I've said, I've I've been told by in no uncertain terms that the decision to handle this the way they did was Claude Lemieux's, not Nils Lundqvist's um but you can understand it. he was told this is the deal and um uh, the rangers you know again i've spoken to their own scouts and they've said you know this is the deal this is true and so you can understand him being like well i don't want to be sitting here playing in freaking hartford i mean hell people who live in fucking hartford don't want to be living in hartford why should some kid from sweden want to be over in hartford playing when he can go to dallas and you know say what you want about the political environment down there but like it's a pretty nice place to live and play and in. no income tax and all that. So, he, and he's probably going to be playing on their second pair with either like an Essa Lindell or possibly a Mira Heiskanen. Like he is set up to, to do well in Dallas. And
0: also Hartford, if he plays in the minors, he doesn't get as much money as if he would in the, in the NHL, or if he yeah. went back to Sweden, well, there's that decision. There's that, there's that, um, well, but thing that
1: more than not making too. as much money, he's he's living in Hartford. I mean, let's be real.
0: Okay. okay. Yeah, well, I've never been to I've never been to Connecticut. I have been to Texas, though. i have never been to Austin.
1: Connecticut? Dude.
0: You, I've only been, been to... there in passing. And the only thing I know is there's like a bunch of McDonald's there. That's it.
1: The one thing I know, and in the off chance that Joe Fortunato is listening, is that uh, New Haven Pizza is overrated. New World Pizza is where it's at. <laughs> not Chris Jerry. Is that Chris Jerry's place? That's no, that's my, that's my pizza. Oh, that's your place. <laughs> it's, uh, it's Chris Jorio owns a couple. What is? It? I forget what it's called, but he owns a couple pizza places in Connecticut as well. <laughs> Little League Pizza. Yeah, right. I Derek, I, I love Derek Jeter Pizza. Right.
0: Um, and also to add on to the terms of the Lundquist trade, twenty the 2023 first rounder, which is the main package going the other way, coming towards the Rangers. That's top 10 protected. If Dallas is a top 10 pick in the draft, the pick slides to 2024 and is unprotected.
1: Yeah. And, and so we'll talk about that now. And, and it's, that was, again, let's for the, now let's put aside the thoughts in the conversation about what led everything to get to the point where it was, where Lundquist camp was publicly demanding right. a trade. Right. right, right. Um, given the fact that the entire league knew that Lunquist wanted out, I thought this was a good deal for Drury, and this isn't your typical, uh, whatever, mid-round pick. Like, this draft, like, yes, everyone knows about Connor Bedard and Matt Mitchkoff and how loaded this draft is at the top. This isn't just the draft that's loaded at the top. This draft is loaded throughout. Literally, like, I was was looking through some of the, you know, uh, my own draft analysis and stuff like that, and for anyone, like, most people listening i'm assume know that i do a lot of like the draft stuff for blue shirts breakaway but kind of my process is i i, I sort of I, you know i watch these games i look at the stats and i and i just take notes throughout the year and then use those notes plus the stats plus you know the the footage i've watched slowly i i have a spreadsheet that i'm constantly tweaking my rankings and legitimately like there are players that are projected right now to go 13 14 15 that would have arguably been top 5 last year so this is not just a draft that's deep that's loaded at the top it's deep throughout the entire class and like a perfect example and like this is one that like um i think chris drury would really really love is when you're looking at like that that you know the late lottery or early just out of the lottery picks it's loaded at center and there are three kids from the u.s development program who the, the the scout I told you that I've spoken to at the Rangers. He's joked to me that the Rangers literally live in Michigan, just constantly scouting the U.S. development program, which makes <laughs> sense. There's Juries from there, stuff like that, and they're a really, really strong program. You and Troop is named- the assistant GM too, right? Right, exactly. So you got a kid named Will Smith, who's like a six-foot center for the development program. Yes, his name is Will Smith. No, he's <laughs> not smacked Chris Rock, and but um, he's kind of like your very cerebral type. Think of like an artemi panarin play style but at center and and that's like the the lazy way to explain the way will smith's game is he's not gonna necessarily pop off the screen in terms of like oh my god he's a blazer oh my god he's got some austin matthews style shot but he's very cerebral really good skater really good at avoiding people hitting him and just very um Almost like uh, like squirming with the way he's constantly able to evade pressure, find the, the soft space in the ice, and then set up his teammates. Definitely pass first more than shoot first, which when you're talking center, that's good. Most centers are facilitators. It's pretty rare to have the Mika Zibanejad or Austin Matthews type center where they're the, the main scorer. Um, so Will Smith is a dynamic playmaker who, again, his, his style of play kind of reminds you a little bit of Panarin where it's like, It's somehow he he never, ever seems to take a big hit with the way he's just able to outthink the opponents and evade pressure. And then you have another kid uh, from the program who's now going to be playing in college named Charlie Strammel. And this is like any boomer listening to this will love Charlie Strammel. He's six foot three, like 215 pure muscle. And it's just a freaking freight train with with an absolute howitzer of a shot. Um, And then on top of that, he's actually a pretty intelligent player, too, um, but he's your prototypical big, strong, mean, power forward type center who also has a pretty good defensive game and a pretty good like cerebral game to that. And then you also have a kid named Oliver Moore, again, center for the U.S. development program team. And he's more of like the kind of dynamic type he had, I want to say it was a hand injury or a wrist injury last year that kept him out of a decent amount of the season. But, um, he's the type that I'm blanking on. Like, who do you want to describe this way? But like very patient with the puck, um, he'll kind of hold on to the puck a little long and you'll be wondering like, what is he doing? And then all of a sudden he'll deke the defender and then you'll notice him hanging on and doing what he did all of a sudden sprung someone to get wide open, make that pass. And, and and then, you know, he'll pass up like the okay play for the great play um he's a very fast skater especially like in straight lines and quick acceleration um and he's got a decent shot too and then on top of them you have a couple swedish kids who can play center play wing and you have a couple kids from the chl who also are centers that are all in this range and like you know i I get i'm rambling i'm going on and on here but like you know you tell me just based off of what i've said like these sound like pretty good players right like these are the kind of guys you can get around 15 next year so if the rangers hold on to the pick you can get a player that will probably be their best prospect next year and the prospect pool is getting pretty thin like we get it we love brennan offman and we love you know adam sakura's it was a good pick uh, and stuff like that but like we're very thin at the top of our prospect pool right now you can draft the kid next year in the 15 20 range that'll be your best prospect assuming brennan offman um, graduates but even not that can compete with him for the top spot and then if you don't take the pick this is a much more valuable asset than your prototypical first round pick is so if your thought is to either trade it for a deadline acquisition trade it in the offseason to pick up someone big use it to shed a terrible salary or use it to trade up like This is a much more valuable, you know, mid first round pick than a typical year.
0: That's yeah. The, the trade deadline stuff is, is what I've heard about too. I was listening to Mercogliano's podcast a bit bit about that. And he was saying that it's possible they could use it as ammo in the trade (laughs) uh, at the trade deadline as, uh, as they did last year. We don't know. I don't know how much cap space they're going to have.
1: I got to ask that minor not Uh, Mika uh Micah yeah no it's I I think last I checked I actually I'm in a group chat with him and chat with Micah all the time but uh, Micah's hockey stat minor for those that that don't know um right now they're projected to have only really around four to four and a half million barring injury that allows you to put someone big on long term LTIR yeah and uh so that's great that's crazy you know what was
0: once a deep prospect pool is now no, not as deep
1: because well, all of our prospects are now on the yeah. roster. Our deep prospect pool was Shosturkin, Kratsoff, Lafreniere, Kako, Fox, yeah. and Adam well, Fox, Fox wasn't. Yeah, Fox wasn't. No, no he wasn't even. Yeah, he was for a while. He was part of it eh. when we traded for him. He was like, "Hey, this should be the number one prospect." I think that was the first year I put out like Rangers prospect rankings, and I put him as the number one prospect. And people like yelled at me. I'm like, "I'm telling you, oh, it's going to be awesome." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, it's, no, it's no. People had yeah. no idea. People had no idea. I had no idea how much
0: of an immediate impact he to uh, be. He came crazy, in day. Dude. He came in day one,
1: and he's already a top two defenseman. I'm well, like, what? What's hilarious is like the people that like would try argue me about Fox are the same kinds of people that will yell at me for like the other day when I posted um kind of like the charts or be like, I'm telling you, Lundqvist and Schneider are about the same. Brr, watch the game. I'm like, yeah, dickhead. I watched all of Fox. And where were you yelling at me to watch that's the a, game back then when I was telling you how good he was? <laughs> that's how they get the charts, though, from watching the game, right? They, so that's stu- uh, that's- well, the, the, the charts, the two, there- Point, the charts are largely an algorithm that's pulling data from the nhl database um the charts that are from watching the game are um cory schneider um his last name is spelled like sh- it looks like Schnadger or something like that yeah yeah and he's always got like a pokemon or something as a pro yeah, he's yeah, the yeah, one yeah. that does manual tracking Dmitry filipovich is another one that does manual tracking and their charts Ooh. are from watching the game but like evolving wild and and like um money puck and stuff like that it's in essence there's an algorithm that's a, a model and then it pulls from the hockey um locational data and stuff like that and that's what spits out the results but point is it's like mike toot i i promise you i watch more than you just because i use a chart to demonstrate a point because 140 characters on twitter isn't enough to like type it all out but well, it doesn't mean i didn't watch but hey good luck to you mr i get triggered anytime someone posts a chart. It's, it's always like,
0: it's always funny. Like I see what you post and I'm like, Oh, let's see what, what this person has.
1: (laughs) Oh boy.
0: Oh, trick, Mr.
1: Triggered. I'll I'll say this. It's I, most people that follow me are really, really good. And I enjoy interacting with them, but you get like 5% of them that just like the second you use any sort of data in a point or the second you, um, you know, try to say something like Lundquist is better than Richter or some, something like that. They're just like turn into, you know, baby shit in their pants. And it's hilarious.
0: Honestly, I feel like people are afraid of the charts. Like, I'll admit it, I was was afraid of the charts. Before we had you on last year, like, for the first time, I hated analytics.
1: I absolutely hated it. To Like, I wanted nothing to do with it. Well, to your credit, though, it's because a lot of people... I shouldn't say a lot, but there are certain very big voices in the analytics community that are huge douchebags and talk down to everyone about it. So I don't blame folks for you don't understand something. So it's going to not be your thing to begin with. And then the people who do understand it are assholes to you. So of course you're going to hate it. And and so I, I totally get that. But it's I mean, like in, in my actual day job, like uh, for those who don't know, like I'm a in essence run the all the research teams at the company i work for and we do a lot of research on like websites and stuff and one of the big things we tell our clients who are these big financial and insurance firms that you know have these sites is like don't you know don't you got to avoid jargon you got to avoid con, you know super complex things on your site Because if you confuse or frustrate someone or make them feel stupid because they don't understand it, you're just going to disengage them and they're never going to log on to your site again. And it's a similar principle that applies here, is if you're just going to post a chart and then use a bunch of fancy terms and equations that people aren't going to understand, they're just going to be like, well, fuck you. And, And then that's it. They're against you.
0: I actually called one of those the analytics people out about the Lafreniere stuff. Uh, who? Oh my gosh! What was the guy? The guy who was a Penguins fan. I forget his his name. A Penguins fan? Yeah, he's a big Penguins fan. He was just saying like uh, Lafreniere is a bust because he he just got his first power play point last season. Oh, like,
1: oh, oh! Are you talking about Jay Fresh? Yes, Jay. Yeah, he's a dip. He's a dipshit. (laughs) He's your typical. He 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 doesn't know his ass from his elbows, and then he doesn't understand nuance and he's your typical all i care about is the numbers and then his boy patrick bacon who's the one that got that who created the model that he uses yes, is him, an idiot him. too patrick bacon's model is by far the worst of all the main mod- public models out there If you want to use like the the gar models or, or or those like more complicated like regression model things go to evolving wild go to money puck go to natural Statric. don't go to j fresh and patrick bacon <laughs> they, they, they really, I, I'm not going to get into all the details of what's wrong with it, but like the long story short is they completely overreact to like, uh, adjusting for ring bias and stuff like that. And that's what leads to their data being so much different than everyone else's.
0: I, I- Patrick Bacon was the one who made the uh, the the model that said Brennan Othman had no scoring potential or no potential <laughs> to play in the yeah, NHL. But he, doesn't understand,
1: he doesn't understand how to do league adjustments either. Yes.
0: Brennan Othman, hold my beer, scores 50 mm-hmm. goals in the OHL. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. Uh, I'm starting to like, I, I want to understand like the charts. So I want to ask you, so like the, mm-hmm. the expected goals for how is that calculated? I was looking it up like, and I think it was natural yeah. stat trick that had a glossary and it was uh-huh. saying that there's like a little
1: was, natural like, stat trick. A- I got it, my own glossary on blue shirts break. break. I know. Come yeah. <laughs> I, I go back
0: to that. I go back to that yeah, very so frequently. You, and it's wh- like, what, a, is, what is it? Like the slot area, they measure the how many selection. shots, how so, many
1: shots are in those areas. The way it works is, so first, keep in mind, expected goal models are their models, and they can vary from one site to the next, because it's you know a model that someone created. But long story short, what an expected goal model is, is it tries to weight each shot attempt by how likely this is to be a goal. And then you add it all up. And that's, you know, your expected goals over the game. So each individual shot, it's, you know, if, if it's, you know, In essence, you turn around and just shoot it the wrong way. That's a zero, right? No chance that's going in. And then a one would be, you know, you're sitting in front of an empty net on the goal line, and you just got a happy Gilmore tap it in to make it in. <laughs> right? And so somewhere between zero and one, it's assigned a weight of how likely is this shot to be a goal. And then how that weight works is is based on location and shot top, shot type and stuff like that. So if you're on like a two-on-one breakaway and you're shooting right from the slot right there, like that will have a higher weight than if you're just Jacob Truba trying to bomb it from the point with three dudes in front of you between you and the goalie. Um, location is the biggest piece of it. Some models do a better job than others of accounting for shot type. Like is it a one-timer is a wrister, stuff like that that some models try to adjust for shooting talent but there's a lot of argument over um in in essence saying like there's only a couple players where shooting talent really matters and with everyone else it kind of all is around the mean um but it's so there's nuances and how exactly it's going to be calculated but the long story short is expected goals is your it's you know the shot attempt times how likely is this shot attempt to be a goal and that's just that comes from how
0: likely it is To be a goal, that's taken. That's a number taken from, I guess, like the average from in that spot.
1: Yeah. So across all the NHL games. Well, there's a couple things. So the NHL um, at every arena, you know, they have like their stat counters and stuff. Not only are they counting when a shot's taken place, but they're accounting for where on the ice is this shot taken. And so, and then they're also logging what kind of shot was it? Was it like a slap shot? Was it a wrist shot? Was it a one time or stuff like that? So there's a pretty complex equation where it's it's taking into account where on the ice was the shot taken, what was the game state, what kind of shot was it, and then that goes into this you know, little equation, and then spit out this is how likely this was to be a goal. Now the big difference between public models, which are using this NHL shot data. And private models like Steve Valleket's ClearSight Analytics is private models are paying people to actually track this themselves. So private models will be taking into account things like the goalie moving. So like Valleket preaches Uh, a lot, like, you know, if you're making the goalie move left or right, that's actually going to increase the chances a lot if this is going to be a goal or not. Public models can't do that. That's not built into the NHL data that they're pulling from. Private models are accounting for that. And so that's why you'll sometimes see really big differences between like Steve Aliquette's data on Clearsight Analytics and a public, you know, evolving wild or something like that. Um, All, I I don't know, I can't actually say all. The vast majority of NHL teams have private data. They're either compiling it themselves or they're paying a site like Clearsight Analytics to give it to them. The New York Rangers have their own analytics team. They have their own models and they compile all this data themselves. Hmm. So basically what
0: you're telling me is not all scoring chances are created equally. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So a no screen wrist shot from Jacob Trouba from the blue line is a lot less likely to score than (laughs) Julian Gauthier putting his shoulder down. And well, actually, maybe that's well, you picked a real bad example saying Julian Gauthier, but (laughs) let's say
1: it's much less than like Alexei Lafreniere breaking out, you know, Deacon the defender. Now he's right in front of the goalie. Right. Okay. So turning. Okay. So what you said in the beginning, it's between zero and one, and it's
0: assigned a a number based. So, okay. So,
1: it's it, a likelihood of it being a goal. One being a hundred percent chance of being a goal. Zero being zero percent chance of being a goal. I,
0: I see. And so with the with the bar charts, when there is a higher expected goals for, that means there's more chances that that player is,
1: gen like the z score table. Usually, so those are on ice. So it's saying on when ice. the player is on the ice, the team generates a lot more expected goals scoring chance. Scoring chances is a fine proxy for expected goals. So it's like yes, if you're looking at like the evolving wild charts, it's if if that xgf bar is really high, it's saying when this player is on the ice relative to his teammates. That's one thing that's important too with the evolving wild ch- charts. Uh, their RAPM data, it's all relative to teammates. So it's like it's a it's an equation that tries to the best it can strip out teammate effects. So it's a pretty complex equation that takes into account how much time are you on the ice with certain players and then therefore trying to isolate. Like, how do you do regardless of who you're with? Right. So relative to teammate, how does your team do in generating scoring chances is that's XG, that XGF uh, chart.
0: So is Corsi a good stat or analytic to look at? Is that a simpler <laughs> stat or no? It's, it might, simpler, but it's,
1: less, it's simpler, but it's less effective. It's Ten it's years a, ago, okay. it, when all like the analytics wars were happening, it's because um, Corsi was really the only actual analytic we have. And Corsi is proven to be a much better predictor of future success than just goals. And, and so that's why everyone globbed onto it. Like, oh, well, it, it's it's proven. It's in the math. Corsi and for those that don't know Corsi is just shot attempts it doesn't matter if it is on goal if it's blocked blocked or unblocked yeah yeah Corsi is blocked or unblocked shot attempts Fenwick is just unblocked Mm -hmm. shot attempts um Corsi was named after Jim Corsi goalie coach he felt strongly he was the one that created the stat he felt strongly that the best way to measure goalie workload was to look at how many shot attempts are they're facing because regardless of the shots coming on net or not, the goalie is going to have to be moving and reacting. That's where the stat came from. And then it was proven that Corsi was a better predictor of future results than just goals or just shots on goal. And so that's why it became so popular. Expected goals is the next evolution. It's not just looking at shot attempts, but it's now waiting all those shot attempts with uh, how likely is it to become a goal? I see. So just instead of just hogging the puck around or just throwing the puck
0: at net like you could have a shift where you just throw the puck from the blue line at net on net like five times and
1: that's just yeah and and the, thing. Thing. Yeah, and the carolina hurricanes are yeah and the carolina hurricanes a good example of this when you watch the our playoff you know series against them like carolina very much subscribes to that just shoot the puck from anywhere, and hopefully we'll get a couple lucky bounces and they go in. Whereas the Rangers, especially under, uh, they're Quinn, very, pick- yeah, they're very exactly, picky. yeah. Yep. And so it's I the see. opposite end of the spectrum. The truth is probably lies somewhere in the middle. Like, yeah, don't be so picky because you do just need volume, and you do get a lot of goals just by lucky shit happening. But you don't just want to be constantly bombing it from the point. Like, you do want to try to mm. at least get somewhat of a decent shot on yeah. that.
0: Yeah I think the Rangers are a bit picky because they're 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 unselfish they like to set each other up I see that a lot mm-hmm. um but yeah yeah uh also taking bombs from the point always is not the best strategy because what happens if a player blocks it and recovers for a break yeah. like I mean, way, uh, you know shot I've seen the that the happen so is, many
1: times It does a shot from the point is fine if you have someone in front of the net so if like Kreider has established himself clearly in front of the net Cool, go for it. He's either going to screen the goalie, he's going to try to tip it, it can create chaos in front of the net. But Truba just so often just shoots it into the damn shins of the dude in front of him, and then it's like up, crap. Now it's a breakaway the other Mm -hmm. way. And I keep saying this, like I like Truba. I don't mean to come across like I'm shitting on him, but it's just you know that Tampa series. I think is just like burned into all of our minds.
0: Well, he's captain now, so hopefully he turns it around. I mean,
1: overall, I tell you what, he's. Would you say was that his best seat? Okay, he is captain, but you know, well I mean, like he's captain just... material is what I meant like he that team loves him, yeah, that dude oh, yeah. is like the epitome of like, if you were just to put on paper, what do you want in a room from a leader? that's Jacob truba
0: yeah i i I love his how he is, like off ice, I love all that, and you know, uh, parts of his game i I truly love it's just the the dumb penalties and stepping <laughs> up and inopportune yeah. times is is annoying and then the shots into
1: the shins of the defender that's literally right on top of you yeah he certainly is not the highest IQ player that's for sure he's got he's a good he's kind of like Kreider in that he has a lot of very he's got a lot of raw physical skills but he's just sometimes like dude what are you thinking (laughs) not not all not all players can be as smart as Adam Fox. So we're spoiled in and, that department. And that's the right example. Adam Fox, I mean, it's and this is one of the things I used to argue about people when he's a prospect, is people didn't like him so much because he didn't like have that wow factor when you watched him. I'm like, you gotta understand what you're watching. Adam <laughs> Fox is smarter than everyone on the ice he's playing against. And that is the key to his game. That's yeah, the key to Sidney Crosby's like- game too. Like Sidney Crosby, like obviously he's got high end skill, but like he's not Connor McDavid in terms of he's just like jump off the screen skill le- level he's just smarter than everyone he's playing against. And that allows him to do so much of what he does.
0: Especially now at this point in Crosby's career, like he's been through so much and it's kind of like the Tom Brady effect. Like as you get older, I don't know, you get the Scherzer effect, like, I don't know some I think Gary Cohen was talking <laughs> about how Scherzer fe-
1: okay you could go Let's see, let's, let's go with a real one Andy Pettit Let's use oh, Andy okay. Pettit as all an right. example here Andy Pettit was throwing 85 miles an hour on his fastball as a 41 year old but still a really effective pitcher just because he completely was able to outthink all the batters he was facing All right OK, yeah, there you go. That works, too. That's a good, you're, that's a you're good example. A good, you're a good host. If I was on Blue Shirts Breakaway and said that, Greg would start screaming at me right now.
0: No, I <laughs> I don't I don't mind. And I don't get this. This whole Mets Yankees. Uh, like, the I, hate. No, the only good. hate I reserve my hate for the Phillies and the Atlanta Braves.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I get it because I mean, listen, I'm a Yankee fan and the Yankee fans are easily one of the most obnoxious fan bases in all of sports. And so I I get hating the Yankees the same way, reason why I hate the Eagles in football. is because, like, I don't necessarily hate the Philadelphia Eagles. I hate their fans. And so that's why I understand, like, a lot of my Met fan friends hating the Yankees.
0: Well, the Mets have been the butt of the joke for such a long time. So I've just been used to it. You know what? They're fun
1: now, though. All kidding aside, this year has been a fun, fun year. If only they could stay healthy.
0: Yeah, it's it's – it's been it's been good. It's been uh it's been a journey. It sucks that I wasn't able to witness a good portion of it when the Rangers were in the playoffs. Because when the Rangers were in the playoffs, that was all that was on my TV. I'm yeah. sorry, like that's it. That's all that I could do. It yeah. was uh it was incredible. And I, I mean, this the run the Mets have just clinched for the first time since 2016. A postseason birth. So that's like that's only the 10th time in like what 60 years. God. 60 years of of existence it's that's only like the 10th time they've ever been in the playoffs that's sad
1: that's sad i think the yankees have made the playoffs like almost every year of my existence except for every year of at least my my existence in which i can remember things except for like two years and i'm 34 years old like just turned turned 34 yesterday oh happy birthday drew (laughs) Uh, thank you (laughs) yeah so i i mean i guess those two years were what the like the I mean in the late 40s, 80s they were the Bronx. the late 80s Oh that but... Bronx Zoo but I ignore that but yeah it's a couple of years ago they missed the playoffs for like the first time what, like 15 years but like what Jeter hit the stage in what 94 95 uh, 96 I think and like they missed the playoffs I don't think once in his existence and it was fun definitely I can understand why so many Yankee fans are spoiled that's for sure
0: it's certainly a good year for both teams. I'd love to see a Mets Yankees world series.
1: Sure. I made a lot of money in, I think I was sixth grade in when the Yankees played the Mets. And I was in my advisory class in middle school. There were a bunch of Mets fans. And I bet all of them $10 that the Yankees would win the series. And in middle school, winning 60 bucks is a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It that is. Mets team had no fucking business being in the world series there. I couldn't tell you who the hell their outfield was to this day. But good for them for somehow making it there. But that Yankees team was so much better on paper.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean they, that was the third of three consecutive World Series, and they almost had a. Can you run. tell who were
1: who the outfielders in the Mets then?
0: Benny Agbayani. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, yeah, I don't, I don't know center field. I know the infield was was beastly. Well, they had what was it, Alfonso? Uh,
1: Alfonso, yeah. Who
0: I was only, I was, I was like. I was just oh, born yeah, you're, I you're wasn't page, even a year right. old. I wasn't that's even right. a
1: year. old. Jesus Christ. What year were you born? 2000.
0: I hate you. We're going to hang on. now. <laughs> oh man. Um, so I wanted to go There's our, our, our short baseball talk for, for the yeah. week. I wanted to talk. So now that training camp is underway, I saw, and going back to triggered, uh, people on Twitter, Facebook, whatever. <laughs> um, I saw people flipping out because Sammy Blaze on the first line with with Carter and ben. Listen, people, we haven't even gotten to game one of the regular season. We haven't even gotten to game one of the preseason. How are you flipping out right now? This isn't game eighty-two uh, of the regular season or game uh, seven of the finals. Yeah. Like, My, just give. This is a time for well, experimenting. I want to see what happens. Come on, Crabsoft's on the second line. I didn't expect that. I want to see that.
1: So you, a thousand, you just said this is time for experimenting, and I couldn't agree more. It's. We know what works already. So worst case, if whatever the experimenting is doesn't work, you can revert back to what already works. This is the time to experiment. And and I would say beyond that, and I tweeted this the other day, and I really mean it. We need to stop thinking of things like, well, this is the best player, so he deserves to be on the top line. No, there's tons of data and studies out there that show that it's best to spread your talent at least across your top two lines. If your coach is in a dipshit across your top three lines works fine, too. I understand the reservations of whether or not Galant's going to play the third line enough, but let's just table that for a second. Um, what's far more important than just, Hey, best player equals top line is do these players' skill sets fit together properly? And if we're going to continue to just insist that the Jad and Kreider belong together, which that's the first change I'd make for what it's worth is split those two up. But uh-huh. if we're going to insist that they need to play together, Kreider is a power forward who's a shooter, and he occupies the net front. Sabanajad is a shooter who occupies the slots in like the middle of the ice. You can't put another shooter who needs to be in the front of the ice, in the front of the net, or in the middle of the ice on that line. That is what Kapokako is. I agree in a vacuum that Kapokako deserves a shot on the top line given his skill set and given who else is on the right wing, but he's a terrible, terrible fit with Kreider and Zibanejad. And to be honest, I don't think we have what we would like to, to be on that top line. Uh well, I mean, if we could redo the the blade trade and get Pablo Bucinevich back, he'd be perfect. Um but oh point God. is point is is you need a playmaker. <laughs> if you have a power forward net front presence and a shooter from the slot in the middle of the ice, you need someone who can create space for them and get them the puck. That isn't Cabo Caco. I don't think that's Sammy Blay, but I'm at least willing to try it out for a bit. It it could be Alexi Lafreniere, but Lafreniere has been on record saying he's much more comfortable on the left side than the right side. It could be Kratzoff. I'd like to see him get a shot. But like the point is, is, we don't really have the top line right winger that you need if you're going to insist that our top line needs to be shooting center, power forward, shooting left wing. Um, right, so
0: you're saying there's no definitive answer as of right now if Crider's jet stay together. Correct. It, and you're, to- you're wanted, you wanna you wanna what would it look like if they were split up?
1: Where would you put Crider then? um i mean i i'm open to a lot of different answers i don't think there's an, a one answer only and like people who tweet like this should be the lineup shut the fuck up like there's a lot of this team one of the strengths of the rangers is they're a pretty versatile team and i think there are a lot of different things you can do with it um but i personally i would put one of our playmaking left wings with panarin and to just to allow for more, more versatility in terms of what you can put on the right wing. So if you had a line of Panarin, Zabanajad, Kako, I think that could be a phenomenal top line, just, just as a, for instance, not saying that's the only answer, but I think that could be a great top line. And then second line roll with Trocek in the center, who is kind of a Swiss army knife and kind of do it all. Um, And then you can put, you know, Kreider or Lafreniere on the left wing and then you can put Kratsoff or Blay or whoever on the right wing. And then the third line being Hedl and then the, rem, you know, the remainder of your top nine. Um, I, I just, I think if you split Kreider and Sabanajad, you just have a lot more options of what you can do on each of those lines.
0: You got me hook, line, and sinker when, as soon as you put Panarin and Kako in the same
1: breath. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I'm not getting started on the fucking Rick Carpinello rumors that Panarin doesn't like playing with Kako, but...
0: You don't think those? Are, you don't think that's true?
1: I don't know if it's true or not. I just refuse to engage in that conversation. Uh, I've heard okay. from people I really trust that there's some teeth to that argument. And all kidding aside, I get a lot of people don't like like Rick Carpinello. He's not the t- type that would put something out like that just because he wants to stir the shit. He's clearly heard that from somewhere if he's putting it out. Mm. I just, it's stupid, and I just, I don't have the energy at this point to. Yeah to engage in that conversation right now.
0: (laughs) I see. Yeah. So that's, we'll table that discussion for another day for sure. Cause I've, I have brought that up uh, a few times trying to find some answers and I haven't been able to get a definitive answer. If that's, that's I've been told
1: by people I trust. It's true. I've been told by people I trust. It's, there was a comment made, but it's been overblown and I've been told by people I trust that it's bullshit. So I, I just, you I don't, don't know, know what, what the answer means, is, okay. and I don't I'm old now and don't have the energy to, uh, <laughs> to engage in that. Okay. all right, so the
0: big, th- the big thing, I, I think the thing that stands out to me with going back to these line combos, Krabsol on the second line, just to, just to try that out. instead, I had assumed Kako was going to go there, but uh, since th- there might be some substance to that argument, then Krabov is there. and that means the kid line is, is still there. I'll say on, this, uh, Kratzov
1: is really really fucking good like this kid i was like he is a dynamic playmaker with a good shot he's big and physical and he can also play defense once he learns the system like he is every bit deserving of a shot in the top six just in a vacuum and so i just want to put that out there where it's like it's I understand. Like, okay, I love Kako. I got a bunch of Kako hockey cards, and if he does well, those will skyrocket in value. So, trust me, I'm very invested <laughs> in him doing well. But um, just Kratzoff is really, really good, and it, it's totally fine to give him a shot too.
0: And again, like you said before, this all this would all work out if Galant uses all the lines. If he rolls all <laughs> three lines. Ideally all three all, everybody's playing well, and so everybody's going to get solid ice time, so you know that's what i want to, I want to see happening yeah. like, I what, one thing'll one thing I'll, I'll say too man
1: is we can have a really good fourth line if we want to like Ryan carpenter is a really good player um he is your prototypical he can play defense, win face offs, and not make mistakes. He is exactly what you want in a fourth line center, and then you know we can talk he shit it always face, wins faceoffs too. Yeah, he's a good overall player. He okay. he does everything you need in a fourth line center. The and then okay. we can talk shit all we want about Goudreau's contract. He's a great fourth line winger. Right, have him right, on the fourth line, exactly. And then we got, um, I mean, Blake could be down there if need, but like, there's a whole host of guys that could on, be down on the fourth hunt. Uh, and obviously, DZ we Yeah, well, right, all. Yeah. also couldn't be a really good fourth line center like he is a big physical dude who loves pissing off the opponent that can also that has a powerful powerful shot go youtube some of his like just the shots he 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 makes like he kind of who's that kid that prospect on the kings that like won like the hardest shot competition it's like he's got like a hair under his shot but also can actually play hockey oh wait what was that I forget his name. I just yeah. know he's an Alan Walsh client because the Steve Dangle okay. podcast always jokes about him. They're like Alan Walsh client, whatever his what? name is. Uh, fo- uh, no, oh, what the hell? Ferk, Martin Ferk. Ferk. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He, he's. But yeah. No. Like. But Rydell's a really good player too. Like, like we have a lot of options to have a actually good fourth line if we decide to go with just your modern hard to play against fourth line instead of the oh we got to beat people up fourth line. Was that you
0: on? Blue Shirts Breakaway that was saying that uh, Rydall was coming over from, um, what was it, Sweden? It was around the draft. You were talking about the the prospects or whatever and that the Rangers brought him over. And he's older,
1: right? He's not, like, 24. He's, like, yeah, 27, so they, they They had me on before the draft on the chat about, like, some of the, hey, who could we target? I said, Adam Sikora, this is the first time ever on that podcast, one of my deep targets we actually drafted. I was so happy when we drafted Sikora. Um, But, yes, I, I spoke about Rydall and I said uh, he came up. He's a bit older. He's 24, 25, something uh-huh. like that. Um, but he is Big, strong, mean, loves being the agitator. Like, if you watch some of his clips, like, he's laughing as the, the opponents are just getting pissed <laughs> at him. Um, he will be a fan favorite if he makes a team. But he's also got some skill. Like, he he he's a bit slow. He's an okay playmaker. He's okay in the defensive zone. But he's got an absolute bomb of a shot. He, he He's good enough to be a fourth-line center in the NHL. I'll say that much.
0: Okay. And so I think there was a conversation in that episode that, you know, they brought him over. They pulled him from Sweden, like, and he, he wouldn't have signed if he didn't, if he didn't know that, like, he was getting a shot on the team. Right. Like, yeah.
1: Yeah. And this was before we signed Ryan Carpenter. I keep uh, saying Ryan Carpenter. His name's Ryan, right? I remember using with the baseball player. Yeah. yeah. That's Um, Matt Carpenter. Matt Carpenter. Okay. On the Yankees. How do
0: you screw that up? Come
1: on. He's your player no he
0: sucks
1: (laughs) um yeah yeah, the renaissance this year but go ahead fuck him um this is before we signed ryan carpenter who also is a really really good fourth line center but yeah at the time the mentality was like this kid's not deciding to because he's making it he was making a decent amount in the shl had a good contract playing at home like if you're a good player in the shl you're making a fine living it's not like they're like you got to have side jobs or something like that if you're playing in the shl and you're a good player and so the mentality was and this wasn't just me and greg and ryan saying this this was vince said this this was a couple people we've all spoken to have said this like yeah he, he agreed to come over for the same reason why the maple leafs have gotten certain guys to come over too it's because they were told like you will have a legitimate shot to make this roster if you come over and if you wind up in the hl you're still at least going to be making seven hundred, eight hundred thousand 800 thousand dollars so um, but yes, he was brought over under the premise of he's got a legitimate, legitimate shot of cracking the roster. But this was before a couple other signings occurred. I
0: honestly, I think Ryan Reeves' spot, whether you like it, agree with it or not, is is locked up on, on the line. Yeah. We've seen Gallant go with You're probably, you're probably
1: right. Yeah, you're probably right. And Ryan Reeves is one of the best people in the nhl uh-huh. there is no uh-huh. debate that in terms of just good dude rankings ryan reeves is top top tier uh, but i think it's fair to say i think his actual nhl contributing days might largely he's be about a that. million dollars too expensive 1.75
0: 1.75 million dollar healthy scratch
1: if i'm yeah if i'm being honest like i think he's better suited to be assistant coach right now than he is to yeah. be you know an everyday roster player um and i, I love him like i don't oh my gosh I yeah really, i love yeah, him too i don't just, mean to come yeah. across like like i'm shitting on him but he's just he's just not good at hockey anymore and it's not his fault he's old and has logged tons and tons of miles and tough miles and but you know all the things that people say why he's on the roster oh the team loves him he brings his energy brings his locker room presence can't you do that as the assistant coach too So that would be interesting
0: i mean i i wouldn't mind i wouldn't mind that but although our 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 group of coaches is pretty pretty
1: solid no i know i know i just have him there as on the cheerleader on the sidelines i'm not not gonna be that guy that cries if reed is in the lineup just because again i he's a wonderful wonderful human being and Uh i'm i'm totally fine with just giving him that last shot but if we're being honest, he's going to be getting that spot over someone that is a better hockey player at this point in the, their careers than he is.
0: You're right? Yeah. So that's what that's what I'm. Uh, I think that's inevitable. I think the writing mm-hmm. is on the wall for that. Mm-hmm. Ridal or Rydahl, however you pronounce it, that he could play as well. he could. You could just have like ten goals in the preseason. I don't think he's making it. Well, he's well maybe actually.
1: Oscar Lindbergh Oscar Lindbergh went on a, like a, a tear. but so, yeah, like, then Vegas claimed like him instead of Derek Stepan in the
0: right expansion draft. Right, so many, so many dumb moves by those expansion teams. I don't know what Seattle was thinking. They had a whole lot that's, of people they could. Ve-
1: Vegas, them. Vegas did pretty good given the, the haul and trades they did. Yes, yeah, Seattle, I have no idea what they were doing.
0: <laughs> right, we all thought Giordano was going to the Rangers, and all of a sudden, nothing happened. Oh, that's because we all believe some dipshit beat reporter and frank saravalli predicted
1: half the moves before they even happened just listen to I, shana goldberg funny. shana goldberg gets most of it right before most of the big insiders
0: i just, remember i remember shana got the uh the shea trade
1: i like, guess it goldberg it was, is not it's goldman am i being a, yeah I, it's definitely i shana don't goldman. know I yeah don't shana know. i know I'm it's shana shana is best um i can't despite me being an absolute jackass and getting her name wrong right now um yeah she is a, a wonderful writer a really good person I, i've interacted with her a bunch she she's truly great and then on top of that like she's beaten the insiders she was the first one to say Niels lundquist was traded and i get like people are doing that typical thing, oh well, what are the terms or whatever she was first in terms of saying lundquist is going to um to dallas and i just i can't recommend people follow her and read her stuff enough
0: mm-hmm. i gotta get her on the podcast one of these days Corey mm-hmm. schneider too not the goalie Corey schneider but the, the i know what you mean guy. yeah yeah Mr. yeah it is, Sheena, it
1: is I, I just oh, literally googled it on my phone it is Sheena goldman and now i feel like an asshole and a borderline anti-semite for calling her Sheena goldberg <laughs> instead of Sheena goldman my <laughs> deepest apologies for that all right. Well, you issued your public apology, so <laughs> we have it on. We
0: have it recorded. Everybody knows that it's here uh, and it's not getting edited out or anything. I no, don't edit it out.
1: They were being an idiot, but it's uh, joking. Yep, she's wonderful and I'm an idiot. <laughs> Shana, we want you, want you on the on the podcast. Next podcast guest, that'd
0: be great. Right after right after we get Steve Valcant back on uh, on here for the first time.
1: No, <laughs> you That won't happen because MSG doesn't I, let him go on. Yeah, yeah. I Literally, I I, tra- I, chat with him here and there. He, He's told me, like, yeah, MSG doesn't let him go on unless it's, like, Barstool or some stupid-ass podcast that has, yeah. like, a true affiliation with them.
0: Yeah, chicklets, when all they do is talk about hockey players' dicks and stuff that no one wants
1: to talk Brian about. Whitney is the dumbest motherfucker who has mm-hmm. any sort of <laughs> actual platform in hockey. And I will fight anyone who disagrees with me on that. I
0: don't like to, to like, knock on other people people's, like, content and content I will. Ryan Whitney but, is an yeah.
1: idiot, and people who think that he's worth listening to are also idiots.
0: I like Biz, the Sean... Okay. I like the Sean was,
1: Avery episode and the Yandel they, they episode. Have but aside from that... They have I wonderful just, interviews. Their, their interviews yeah. are great. And Biz, he's not my personal taste, but, like, he's got talent as uh, a content producer. Ryan Whitney's just an idiot who sounds like his nose has been broken three too many times. <laughs> maybe a couple of pucks to the head. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Uh, Just in that, he's uh, talented, but uh, not in hockey. That's for sure.
1: Uh, But again, like I said, not necessarily my style, but I can understand the appeal for him. I I don't understand for the life of me why anyone likes Ryan Whitney. (laughs) Yeah. but again, like those interviews, some
0: of them were great. Like the 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 Brian Burke yeah. interview about the the, they, the Nelly Akapal, That's like one of the of the most iconic podcast clips I've yeah. ever
1: watched. I, I don't, I won't ever criticize someone for liking their pod because their interviews are fantastic.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's stu- that stuff is 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 so cool to me. Like that, mm-hmm. that was always what I wanted. But now I appreciate talking about analytics because I'm educating myself, and I mm-hmm. hope my my viewers or my listeners. Uh, oh yeah, go subscribe on YouTube. By the way, <laughs> Ice Cold Takes Pod. Got to throw that in there. Um, yeah, I, and I hope I hope that people are open to you know learning more about analytics because I, I do I do enjoy it. I don't want to be a boomer. Like I come, I feel like
1: something you're internally. You're makes so me young, do you're it. like barely Gen Z, and you're like I don't want to be a boomer.
0: Like not like a boomer in that. Thinking, I know, you know Busty what I mean. Chop. I need a big. No. I need a big skate. I need a big guy that can lay the body.
1: No, it's, think,
0: you can't skate.
1: Like I said, I I understand why so many people are immediately kind of deterred by analytics whether it's <laughs> some of the jerks that really are high up in that community or it's just, you know, a gut reaction to when you don't understand and, and people aren't willing to explain it to you. I I totally get it, but I, I just I'm here to help. If anyone ever wants to understand it more or anything like that, I'm more than happy to to do my best to try to explain it to me uh, I would, to try to explain for me to try to explain it to them um just you you clap at me once with the watch the game thing and you're cut off that's the only thing i'll say mm-hmm. because i yeah. promise you i watch the game more games than anyone who says that to me
0: <laughs> That's the thing you gotta give you gotta give it a chance. Like I had never given it a chance until we had Drew on last year with with Kyriakos. Shout out to Kyriakos if he's listening. Uh, you Drew, you probably still can't pronounce his name, but uh, I probably can't, but I
1: do remember him. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got super busy with like school and real life stuff, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: He's he's doing research at. Um, Oh my gosh what's the what's the host oh, I can't even uh, Sloan Kettering ah uh, Sloan Kettering so, yeah. yeah
1: no good for him and wish yeah. him the best if he's listening
0: yeah um but yeah I I had never given analytics a chance until I had you on and uh, listened to you know how you explained it and then I read you know just reading a little bit of the the lexicon the glossary that you have on blueshirtsbreak.com, uh, dot com that's that which is great by the way um, I appreciate that, that yeah that was. Was just enough to to help me see. Oh, okay, this is what it is. And then, of course, listening to Valakat explain, and uh, I like before before the games, you know, during pregame and stuff. Valakat
1: is is wonderful at putting pretty complex concepts and like data stuff in just plain terms. Mm -hmm. And yeah, he's he's the best. I can't say enough good things about C Valakat. Great guy, always willing to engage with fans. Um, Has helped me multiple times when i put together um this like beginner's guide to goaltender analytics like i dm'd him and that was the first time i ever spoke to him and he helped me like create that like and he didn't know who the hell i was or anything like that and that was back when i had like 600 followers like Mm -hmm. i wasn't even any sort of name at all on new york rangers twitter he's genuine dude who's super smart and great at explaining this stuff to people so steve aliquette is is a true g
0: yeah, and it only took me fourteen days of me asking for him. It took eighty-one days to ask Kevin Weeks to come on the show before I got a response. But no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, but yeah. <laughs> you I did at you, least get a response from him. <laughs> I did get a response from 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 Valaket, and he said he would do it, but that MSG it's, wouldn't let him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
1: <laughs> that's and again, it's and I hope everyone understands. Like that's the truth. Like Valiquet, if it was up to him, he would do all the stuff. He genuinely yeah. likes people msgpr is a bunch of old white curmudgeons
0: Uh yeah uh it's unfortunate but drew thanks for doing the show with me again you're always welcome on i'm probably going to ask you to come on many times this season villain is a guest
1: always happy to help joey you're doing a really good job with this by the way like i just want to say that i'm impressed with like the improvements you've made and, and the job you're doing so you know keep the good work and happy to come on and help out
0: I appreciate it. Thanks so much for the kind words. It means a lot coming from you, especially because you work for the best Rangers podcast out there. I think Blue <laughs> Breakaway is uh, Greg and Ryan are, are the men, the guys, the Kings. They're the goats uh, of, of all this. They're guys I look up to. So seeing, having you say that, that means so much to me. I really appreciate yep. it. Absolutely.
1: Uh, it's the truth. All right, man. All Thanks right. for having me on.
0: Hey, Rangers fans. Thank you so much for listening to the Ice Cold Takes podcast this week. Make sure you follow at Ice Cold Takes Pod on Twitter to stay up to date with the latest Rangers info. See you all next
1: week. Time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay
0: here. I know.